Hi. Yeah, I'm back. Sorry for ghosting you all for so long. And also, I know this is listed under books, even though the Constitution and Declaration of Independence are documents, but the form I have them is a book. Also, about the ghosting thing, um, I think this might be the last episode for like maybe a few years because um, I have school as most of you know and I don't really think I can juggle doing this anymore because I wanted to research some like fun stuff to talk to you about but like I just don't have any time anymore maybe I'll transition instead to reading more historical text and stuff like that but like I don't think I'll have much time for that either so I guess this might be goodbye for now not to dampen your spirits or anything. So let's continue on to the Constitution and Declaration. So yeah, this first section is basically all quotes. I'm going to quickly read through. The power under the Constitution will always be in the people. It is entrusted for certain defined purposes and for a certain limited period to representatives of their own choosing. And whenever it is executed contrary to their interests or not agreeable to their wishes, their servants can and undoubtedly will be recalled. George Washington. On every question of constitution, or not, sorry, you can tell I haven't read this in a long, read stuff in a long time. I'm going to redo that. On every question of construction, let us carry ourselves back to the time when the Constitution was adopted. Recollect in the spirit manifest in the debate. And instead of trying what meaning may be squeezed out of the text or invented against it, conform to the probable one in which it was passed. Thomas Jefferson the powers delegated by the proposed constitution to the federal government are few and defined those which are to remain in the state governments are numerous and indefinite the federalist no 45 essays by alexander hamilton john jay and james madison influence is no government george washington if to please the people, we offer what we ourselves disapprove. How can we afterwards defend our work? Let us raise a standard to which the wise and honest can repair. The event is in the hand of God. George Washington to the Constitutional Convention delegates. Of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, Religion and morality are indispensable supports. In vain would that man claim the tribute of patriotism who should labor to subvert these great pillars of human happiness, the, these firmest props of the duties of men and citizens. The mere politician, equally with the pious man, ought to respect and to cherish them. Let it simply be asked, where is the security for property, for reputation, for life in the sense of moral and religious obligation? Desert the oaths which are the instruments of the 
of investigation in the courts of justice. George Washington, farewell address. I have so much faith in the general government of the world by providence that I can hardly conceive a transaction of such momentous importance to the welfare of, to the welfare of millions should be suffered to pass without being in some degree influenced, guided, and governed by that omnipotent, omnipotent, okay, omnipotent, there, omnipresent and beneficent ruler. My voice is weird, sorry. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. Yeah, I'm sorry. Every time I see the preamble, that song always pops into my brain. So I like just have to sing it. Moving on. Article 1. Section 1. All legislative powers herein granted shall be vested in a Congress of the United States, which shall consist of a Senate and House of Representatives. Section 2. The House of Representatives shall be composed of members chosen every second year by the people of the several states and the electors in each state shall have the qualifications requisite for electors of the most numerous branch of the state legislature. No person shall be a representative who shall not have attained to the age of 25 years and have been seven years a citizen of the United States and who shall not when elected be an inhabitant of that state in which he shall be chosen. Representatives and direct taxes shall be apportioned among the several states which may be included within this union according to their respective numbers, which shall be determined by adding to the whole number of free persons, including those bound to service for a term of years and excluding Indians not taxed, three-fifths of all persons. This, the actual enumeration shall be made within three years after the first meeting of the Congress of the United States, and with every, within every subsequent term of ten years in such manner as they shall by law direct. The number of representatives shall not exceed one for every 30,000, but each state shall have at least one representative. And until such enumeration shall be made, the state of New Hampshire shall be entitled to choose three, Massachusetts eight, Rhode Island and Providence plantations one, Connecticut five, New York six, New Jersey four, Pennsylvania eight, Delaware 1, Maryland 6, Virginia 10, North Carolina 5, South Carolina 5, and Georgia 3. Pause for a second. 
I find it interesting that in the original constitution, choose was spelled C-H-U-S-E instead of C-H-O-S-E, which is really interesting how language has evolved. Anyways, moving on. When vacancies happen in the representation from any state, the executive authority thereof shall issue writs of election to fill such vacancies. The House of Representatives shall choose their speaker and their other officers, and shall have the sole power of impeachment. Section 3. The Senate of the United States shall be composed of two senators from each state, chosen by legislator, of course, for six years, and each senator shall have one vote. Immediately after they shall be assembled in consequence of the first election, they shall be divided as equally as may be into three classes. The seats of the senators of the first class shall be vacated at the expiration of the second year, of the second class at the expiration of the fourth year, and of the third class at the expiration of the sixth year so that one-third may be chosen every second year, and if vacancy happen by registration or otherwise during the recess of legislature of any state, the executive thereof may make temporary appointments until the next meeting of the legislature, which shall then fill such vacancies. No person shall be a senator who shall not have attained to the age of 30 years and have been nine years a citizen of the United States, who shall not, when elected, be an inhabitant of the, that state for which he shall be chosen. The vice president of the United States shall be president of the Senate, but shall have no veto, or not veto, no vote, unless they be equally divided. The Senate shall choose their other officers and also a president pro tempore in the absence of the vice president or when he shall exercise the office of president of the United States. The Senate shall have the sole power to try all impeachments. When sitting for that purpose, they shall be on oath or affirmation. When the President of the United States is tried, the Chief Justice shall preside, and no person shall be convicted without the concurrence of two-thirds of the members present. Judgment in cases of impeachment shall not extend further than to removal from the office and disqualification to hold and enjoy any office of honor. Trust or profit under the United States, but the party convicted shall nevertheless be liable and subject to indictment, trial, judgment, and punishment according to law. Section 4. The times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof, but the Congress may at any time by law make or alter such regulations except as to the places of choosing senators. 
the Congress shall assemble at least one in every year, such and such meetings shall be on the first Monday in December, unless they by law appoint a different day. Each section five, each house shall be the judge of the elections, returns, and qualifications of its own members, and a majority of each constitute a quorum to do business. But a similar number may adjourn from day to day and may be authorized to compel the attendance of absent members in such a mem members in such a manner and under such penalties as each house may provide. Each house may determine the rules of its proceedings, punish its members for disorderly behavior, and with the concurrence of two-thirds expel a member. Each house shall keep a journal of its proceedings, and from time to time publish the same excepting such parts as may in their judgment require secrecy and the yees and nays of the members of either house on any question shall at the desire on of one-fifth of those present be entered on the journal neither house during the session of congress shall without the consent of the other adjourn for more than three days nor any other place than that in which the two houses shall be sitting Section 6. The senators and representatives shall receive a compensation for their service to be ascertained by law and paid out of the Treasury of the United States. They shall, in all cases, except treason, fel felony, and breach of the peace, be privileged from arrest during their attendance at the session of their respective houses and in going to and returning from the same, and for any speech or debate in either house, they shall not be questioned in any other place. No senator or representative shall, during the time for which he was elected, be appointed to any civil, any office, or any civil office under the authority of the United States, which shall have been created, or the emoluments whereof shall have been increased during such time and no person holding any office under the united states shall be a member of either house during his continence in office all bills for raising revenue sorry section seven i keep forgetting to read those all bills for raising revenue shall originate in the House of Representatives, but the Senate may propose our co or concord with amendments as on other bills. Every bill which shall have passed the House of Representatives and the Senate shall, before it becomes a law, be presented to the President of the United States. If he approves, he shall sign it, but if not, he shall return it with his objections to that house in which it shall have originated, who shall enter the objections at large on their journal and proceed to reconsider it. If after such reconsideration, two-thirds of that house shall agree to pass the bill, it shall be sent together with the object objections to the other house. 
by which it shall likewise be reconsidered, and if approved by two-thirds of that house, it shall become a law. But in all such cases, the votes of both houses shall be determined by yeas and nays, and the names of the persons voting for and against the bill shall be entered on the journal of each house respectively. If any bill shall not be returned by the president within ten days, Sundays excepted, after it shall be presented to him, the same shall be a law in like manner as if he had signed it, unless the Congress by their adjournment prevent its return, in which case it shall not become a law. Every order, resolution, or vote to which the concurrence of the Senate and House of Representatives may be necessary, except on a question of adjournment, shall be presented to the President of the United States, and before the same shall take effect, shall be approved by him, or being disapproved by him, shall be repassed by two-thirds of the Senate and House of Representatives according to the rules and limitations prescribed in the case of a bill. Section 8. The Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposts, and excises, to pay the debts and provide for the common defense and general welfare of the United States, but all duties, imposts, and excises shall be uniform throughout the United States to borrow money on the credit of the United States, to regulate commerce with foreign nations and among the several states and with the Indian tribes, to establish an uniform rule of naturalization and uniform laws on the subject of bankruptcies throughout the United States, to coin money, regulate the value thereof and of foreign coin, and fix the standard of weights and measures to provide for punishment of counterfeiting the, secre- the se- counterfeiting the securities and current coin of the United States, to establish post offices and post roads, to promote the progress of science and useful arts by securing for limited times to authors and inventors the exclusive right to their respective writings and discoveries, to constitute tribunals inferior to the Supreme Court, to define and punish something, I don't know, I'm going to sound it out, let's go, peer ACs, I think that's how it's pronounced, sorry if I'm wrong, and felonies committed on the high seas and offenses against the law of nations, to declare war, grant letters of marque and reprisal, and make rules concerning captures on land and water, to raise and support armies, but no appropriation of money to you to that use shall be for a longer term than two years, to provide and maintain a navy, to make rules for the government and regulation of the land and naval forces to provide for calling forth the militia to execute the laws of the Union, suppress insurrections, and repel invasions, 
to provide for organizing, arming, and disciplining the militia and for governing such part of them as may be employed in the service of the United States, reserving to the states respectively and the, wait, there was no and. Why the hell did I say and? Never, sorry. The appointment of the officers and the authority of training the militia according to the discipline prescribed by Congress. To exercise exclusive legislation in all cases whatsoever over such district, not exceeding 10 miles square, as may by cession of particular states, and the exception and the acceptance of Congress become the seat of the government of the United States and to exercise like authority over all places purchased by the consent of the legislature of the state in which the same shall be for the election of forts or not election erection of forts magazines arsenals dockyards and other needful buildings and to make all laws which shall be necessary and proper for carrying into execution the foregoing powers and all other powers vested in this constitution of the government of the United States or in any department or officer thereof. Section 9. The migration or importation of such persons as any of the states now existing shall think proper to admit shall not be prohibited by the Congress prior to the year 1808, but a tax or duty may be imposed on such importation, not exceeding $10 for each person. The privilege of the writ of Hebaz corpus shall not be suspended unless when in cases of rebellion or invasion of the public safety may require it. No bill of attainder or ex post facto law shall be passed. No capitation or other direct tax shall be laid unless in proportion to the census or enumeration herein before directed to be taken. No tax or duty shall be laid on articles exported from any state. No preference shall be given by any regulation of commerce or revenue to the ports of one state over those of another, nor shall vessels be bound to or from one state be obligated to enter, clear, or pay duties in another. No money shall be drawn from the treasury but in consequence of appropriations made by law and the regular statement and account of the receipts and expenditures of all public money shall be published from time to time. No title of nobility shall be granted by the United States, and no person holding any office or of profit or trust under them shall, without consent of the Congress, accept of any present annulment, office, or title of any kind whatsoever from any king, prince, or foreign state. Section 10. No state shall enter into any treaty, alliance, or confederation, grant letters of marquee and reprisal, coin money, emit bills of credit, 
make anything but gold and silver coin a tender in payment of debts pass any bill of attainder expose factor law or law impairing the obligation of contracts or grant any title of nobility no state shall without the consent of the congress lay any imposts or duties on imports or exports except what may be absolutely necessary for executing its inspection laws and the net procedure of all duties and imposts laid by any state on imports or exports shall be for the use of the treasury of the united states and all such laws shall be subject to the revision and control of the congress no state shall without the consent of congress lay any duty of tonnage keep troops or ships of war in times of peace enter into any agreement or compact with any with another state or with a foreign power or engage in war unless actually invaded or in such imminent danger as will not admit of delay. Woo! That was Article 1. Hooray! On to Article 2. Article 2. Section 1. The executive power shall be vested in the President of the United States of America. He shall hold his office during the term of four years and together with the Vice President, chosen from the same term, be elected as fellows. Each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct a number of electors equal to the whole number of senators and representatives to which the state may be entitled in the Congress. But no senator or representatives or person holding an office of trust or profit in, under the United States shall be appointed an elector. The electors shall meet in their respective states and vote by ballot for two persons of whom one shall at least one at least shall not be an inhabitant of the same state with themselves and they shall make a list of all persons voted for and of the number of votes for each which list they shall sign and certify and transmit sealed to the seat of the government of the united states directed to the president of the senate the president of the senate shall in the presence of the senate and house of representatives open all the certificates and the votes sh that shall then be counted the person having the greatest number of votes shall be president if such number be a majority of the whole number of electors appointed and if there be more than one who have such majority and have an equal number of votes then the house of representatives shall immediately choose by ballot one of them for president and if no person have a majority then from the five highest on the list the house shall in like manner choose the president but in choosing the president the votes shall be taken by state the representation from each state having one vote a quorum for this purpose shall consist of a member or members from two-thirds of the states and a majority of all the states shall be necessary to a choice in every case after the choice of the president 
the person having the greatest number of votes of electors shall be the vice president. But if there should remain two or more who have equal votes, the Senate shall choose from them by ballot the vice president. The Congress may determine the time of choosing electors and the day on which they shall give their votes, which day shall be the same throughout the United States. No person except a natural-born citizen or a citizen of the United States at the time of the adoption of this Constitution shall be eligible to the office of president. Neither shall any person be eligible to that office who shall not have obtained to the age of 35 years and shall and have been 14 years a resident within the United States. In case of removal of the president from office or in of, or of his death, resignation, or inability to discharge the powers of, and duties of said office, the same shall devolve on the vice president, and the Congress may by law provide for the case of removal, death, res resignation, or inability, both the president and the vice president declaring what officers shall then act as president and such officers shall act accordingly until the disability to be removed or president shall be elected. The president shall at stated times receive for his services a compensation which shall neither be increased nor diminished during the period for which he shall have been elected and he shall not receive within that period any other annulment from the United States or any of them. Before he enter on the execution of his office, he shall take the following oath of, or affirmation. I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States and will, to the best of my ability, preserve, and pre preserve protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. Section 2. The President shall be Commander-in-Chief of the Army and the Navy of the United States and of the Militia of several states when called into the actual service of the United States. He may require the opinion in writing of the principal officer in each of the executive departments upon any subject relating to the duties of their respective offices, and he shall have the power to grant reprieves and pardons for offenses against the United States, except in cases of impeachment. He shall have power by and with the advice and consent of the Senate to make treaties, provided two-thirds of the senators present concur, and shall nominate and by and with the advice and consent of the Senate shall appoint ambassadors and other public ministers and consuls, judges of the Supreme Court, and all other officers of the United States whose appointments are not herein otherwise provided for, and which shall be established by law. But the Congress may by law vest the appointment of such inferior officers as they think proper. In the president alone, in the courts of law, or in the heads of department. The president shall have power to fill up all vacancies that may happen during the recess of the Senate by granting commissions which shall expire at the end of their next section. Section 3. Nice. He shall 
from time to time give to the Congress informational information of the State of the Union and recommend their consideration for such their con. Uh, I'm just gonna redo section three. Section three. He shall from time to time give to the Congress information of the State of the Union and recommend to their consideration such measures as he shall judge necessary and expedient. He may, on extraordinary occasions, convene both houses or either of them, and in case of disagreement between them with respect to the time of adjournment, he may adjourn them to such time as he shall think proper. He shall receive ambassadors and other public ministers. He shall take, he shall take care that the laws be faithfully executed and shall commission all the officers of the United States. Section 4. The President, Vice President, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and covet my nose is acting weird sorry and conviction of treason it's treason then i am the senate sorry sorry um yeah funny story as a kid i used to think the prequels were better than the sequels they're just super off topic and yeah and conviction of treason bribery or other high crimes and misdemeanors Article 3, Section 1. The judicial power of the United States shall be vested in one supreme court, and in such inferior courts as the Congress may from time to time ordain and establish the judges, both of the supreme and inferior <laughs> I'm sorry, I just find it so funny that, like, they call, like, the assume, they, they just call, like, non-supreme courts inferior courts. Wow. Anyways, continuing. The judges of both the supreme and inferior courts shall hold their officers during good behavior and shall at stated times receive for their services a compensation which shall not be diminished during their continuance in office. Inferior courts. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just love how I just read that in all seriousness. Like, I, I was trying not to laugh, though I think I kind of failed. Anyways, section two. The judicial power shall extend to all cases in law and equality, or not equality, equity, arising under this constitution, the laws of the United States and treaties made, or which shall be made under their authority to all cases affecting ambassadors and other public ministers and councils to all cases of admiralty and maritime jurisdiction to controversies to which the United States shall be par be a party to controversies between two or more states between a state and a citizen of another state between citizens of different states between citizens of the same state claiming lands under grants of different states and between a state or the citizens thereof, and foreign states, citizens, or subjects.
in all cases affecting ambassadors, other public ministers and councils, and those in which a state shall be party, the Supreme Court shall have original jurisdiction. In all the other cases before mentioned, the Supreme Court shall have appellated, appellated jurisdiction both as to law and fact, with such exceptions under such regulations as the Congress shall make. The trials of all crimes, except in cases of impeachment, shall be by jury, and such trials shall be held in the state where the said crimes shall have been committed. But when not committed within any state, the trials shall be at such place or places as the Congress may by law have directed. Section 3. Treason against the United States shall consist only in levying war against them, or in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. No person shall be convicted of treason unless on the testimony of two witnesses to the same overt act, or on confession in open court. The Congress shall have power to declare the punishment of treason, but no attainer of treason shall work cor corruption of blood or forfeiture except during the life of the person obtained. Woo! Article 4. Section 1. Full faith and credit shall be given in each state to the public acts, records, and judicial proceedings of every other state. And the Congress may, by general laws, prescribe the manner in which the, such acts, records, and proceedings shall be provided, and the effect thereof. Section 2. The citizens of each state shall be entitled to all privileges and immunities of citizens in the several states. A person charged in any state with treason, felony, 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 felony felony or or other crime who shall flee from justice and be found in another state shall on demand of the executive authority of the state from which he fled be delivered up to be removed to the state having jurisdiction of the crime i'm sorry is my accent showing yeah no person held to service or labor in one state under the laws thereof escaping into another shall in consequence of any law or regulation therein be discharged from such service or labor but shall be delivered upon upon claim of the party to whom such service or labor may be due section 3 new states shall be or new states may be admitted by the Congress into the Union, but no new state shall be formed or erected within the jurisdiction of other state, of, of any other state, nor any state be formed by the jurisdiction of two or more states or parts of states without consent of the legislatures of the state concerned as well as the of the Congress. The Congress shall have power to dispose of and make all needful rules and regulations respecting the territories or other property belonging to the United States, 
and nothing in this constitution shall be so construct construed as to prejudice any claims of the United States or of any particular state. Section 4. The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion and on application of the legislature or of the ex executive when legislature cannot be convened against domestic violence. Honestly, looking at this constitution now, I feel like like the the guys who wrote this just like shoved everything into the first two articles and like left some for like three and four and like the rest they were they just gave up like the like article seven is just like two measly paragraphs like come on guys i need more stuff to read i can't say the s word because this is a kid-friendly channel anyways article cinco the Congress, whenever two-thirds of both houses shall deem it necessary, shall propose amendments to this Constitution, or on the application of the legislatures of two-thirds of the several states, shall call a convention for proposing amendments, which in either case shall be invalid, or not invalid, valid, to all intents and purposes as part of this Constitution, when ratified by the legislatures, of three-fourths of the several states or by conventions in three-fourths thereof as the one or the other mode of ratification may be proposed by the congress provided that no amendment which may be made prior to the year 1808 shall in in any manner affect the first and fourth clauses in the ninth section of the first article and that no state without its consent shall be deprived of its equal suffrage in the Senate. Article 6. All de debts contracted and engagements entered into before the adoption of this Constitution shall be as valid against the United States under its Constitution as under the Confederation. This Constitution and the laws of the United States which shall be made in pursuance thereof and all treaties made or which shall be made under the authority of the United States shall be the supreme law of the land and the judges in every state shall be bound thereby anything in the Constitution or laws of any state to the contrary notwithstanding. The senators and representatives before mentioned and the members of several state legislatures and all executive and judicial officers both of the united states and of the several states shall be bound by oath or affirmation to support this constitution but no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to any office or public trust under the united states article 7 the ratification of the conventions of nine states shall be sufficient for establishing for the establishment of this constitution between the states so ratifying the same done in the convention by the unanimous consent of the 
state present the 17th day of September in the year of our Lord 1787 and of independence of the United States of America and the 12th in witness we whereof we have hereunto subscribed our names oh by the way subscribe to my podcast wrong time i know but like please if you haven't or whatever it is to for po- like do people subscribe to podcasts i don't know anyways these are the signers of the constitution g wash president and deputy from virginia new hampshire there are john langdon nicholas gilman massachusetts nathaniel gorholm rufus king connecticut william samuel johnson roger sherman new york alexander hamilton new jersey will livingston david burley wim patterson joan Dayton, Pennsylvania, B. Franklin, Thomas Mifflin, Robert Morris, Geo Clymer, Thos Fitzsimmons, Jared Ingersoll, these names are interesting, James Wilson, Gov Morris, Geo Reed, or, or sorry, Delaware, Geo Reed, Gunning Bedford June, John Dickinson, Robert Bassett, I mean, not Robert, Richard Bassett, Jacob Broom, Broom, Maryland, James McHenry, Dan of St. Toss, Jennifer, Danielle Carroll, Virginia, John Blair, James Madison Jr., North Carolina, Vim Blount, Richard Dobbs Spagett, who Williamson, South Carolina, J. Rudedge, Charles Cotsworth Pickney, Charles Pickney, Pierce Butler, Georgia, William Few, Abra Baldwin. And if you're wondering about like me pronouncing those names weird, I'm Okay, I tried to improvise on the abbreviations of, like, because, like, this thing has abbreviations of the first name. I tried to improvise. If I didn't know, like, what it was, I just made the sound that, like, the abbreviation was. Anyways. In the Convention, Monday, September 17th, 1787. Present, the states of New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Mr. Hamilton from New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. I honestly find it interesting that it just literally said Mr. Hamilton from New York instead of New York as the state. Nice. Anyways, resolved that the preceding constitution be laid before the United States in Congress assembled and that it is the opinion of its this convention that it should afterwards be submitted to a convention of delegates chosen in each state by the people thereof under the recommendation of its legislature 
for their assent and ratification and that each convention assenting to and ratifying the same should give notice thereof to the United States in Congress assembled. Resolved that is that it is the opinion of this convention that as soon as the conventions of nine states shall have ratified this constitution, the United States in Congress assembled should fix a day on which electors should be appointed by the states which shall have ratified the same and the, a day on which the electors should assemble to vote for the president and the time and place for commencing proceedings under this constitution that after such publication the electors should be appointed and the senators and representatives elected that the electors should meet on the day fixed for the election of the president and should transmit their votes certified signed sealed and directed as the constitution requires to the secretary of the united states in congress assembled and oh, that the senators and representatives should convene at the time and place assigned that the senators should appoint a president of the senate for the sole purpose of receiving opening and counting the votes for president and that after he shall be chosen, the Congress, together with the President, should, without delay, proceed to execute this Constitution. By guillotine. Just kidding. Um, by the unanimous order of the Convention, George Washington, President. W. Jackson, Secretary. Preamble to the Bill of Rights Congress of the United States The conventions of a number of the states have at the time of their adopting the Constitution expressed a desire in order to prevent misconstruction or abuse of its powers that further declaratory and restrictive clauses should be added and as extending the ground of public confidence in the government will best ensure the beneficent ends of the, its institution. Resolved by the state, the Senate and House of Representatives of the United States of America in Congress assembled two-thirds of both houses concurring that the following articles be proposed to the legislature of the several states as amendments to the Constitution of the United States all or any of which articles when ratified by three-fourths of the said legislatures be valid to all intents and purposes as part of said constitution articles in addition to and the amendment of the constitution of the united states of america proposed by congress and ratified by the legislatures of several states pursuant to the fifth Article of the Original Constitution, Frederick August Molenberg, Speaker of the House of Representatives, John Adams, Vice President of the United States and President of the Senate. Attest, John Beckley, Clerk of the House of Representatives, Sam A. Otis, Secretary of the Senate. Amendment 1. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people 
peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Amendment 2. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Amendment 3. No soldier shall in time of peace be quartered in any house without the consent of the owner, nor in time of war, but in a manner to be prescribed by law. Amendment 4. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. Amendment 5. No person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise fame infamous crime unless on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury except in cases arising in the land or naval forces or in the militia when in actual service in time of war or public danger nor shall any person be subject for the same offense to be to be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb, nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor shall private property property, property be taken for public use without just compensation. Amendment 6. In all criminal prosecution, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and direct with wherein the crime shall have been committed, which district shall have been previously ascertained by law and to be informed of the nature and the cause of the accusation to be confronted with the witness against him, to have compulsory process for obtaining witness in his favor, and to have the assistance of counsel for his defense. Amendment 7. In suits at common law where the value in controversy shall exceed $20, the right of trial by jury shall be preserved and no fact tried by a jury shall be otherwise re-examined in any court of the United States than according to the rules of the common law. Well, in that case, Mom, Alex stole $20 and one cent from me. Can we like go to court over this or something? Cause I know you're always going to stick on his side and it's unfair. Yeah. My brother is a little schnitzel. Yeah, schnitzel. I meant to say that. Um, Amendment 8. Excessive bail shall not be required, nor extensive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishments inflicted.
Um, Hammurabi would like to speak with your manager. Thank you. <laughs> Amendment 9. The enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed due to deny or disparage others retained by the people. Amendment 10. The powers not delegated to the United States by Constitution nor prohibited by it to the state are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. Okay, that's the end of the Bill of Rights. Amendment 11. The judicial power of the United States shall not be construed to extend to any suit in law or equity commenced or prosecuted against one of the United States by citizens of another state or by citizens or subjects of any foreign state. Amendment 12. The electors shall meet in their respective states and vote by ballot for president and vice president, one of whom at least shall not be an inhabitant of the same state with themselves. They shall name in their ballots the person voted for as president and in distinct ballots the person voted for as vice president. And they shall make distinct list of all persons voted for as president and of all persons voted for as vice president and of the number of each vote of votes for each which lists they shall sign and certify and transmit sealed to the seat of the government of the united states directed to the president of the senate the president of the senate shall in presence of the senate and house of representatives open all certificates and the votes shall be counted the person having the greatest number of votes for president shall be president if such number be a majority or the whole or the whole number of electors appointed and if no person have such majority then from the persons having the highest numbers not exceeding three on the list of those voted for as presidents and the house of representatives shall choose immediately by ballot the president but in choosing the president, the votes shall be taken by states, the representation from each state having one vote. A quorum for this purpose shall consist of a member or members from two-thirds of the states, and a majority of all states shall be necessary to a choice. And if the House of Representatives shall not choose a president, whenever the right of choice shall be devolved upon before the fourth day of March, next following then the vice president shall act as president and in the case of the death or constitutional disability of the president the person having the greatest number of votes as vice president shall be the vice president if such number be a majority of the vote of the whole number of electors appointed and if no person have a majority then from the two highest numbers on the list, the Senate shall choose the vice president. A quorum for the purpose shall consist of two-thirds of the whole number of senators, and a majority of the whole number shall be necessary to a choice. But no person constitutionally eligible to the, vote, to the office of president shall be eligible to that of vice president of the united states amendment 13 section 1 
neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the united states or any place subject to their jurisdiction section two congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation amendment 14 section one all persons born or naturalized in the united states and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the united states and of the state wherein they reside no state shall make or enforce any laws which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the united states nor shall any state deprive any person of life liberty or property without due process of law nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws section two representatives shall be apportioned among the several states according to their respective numbers counting the whole number of persons in each state excluding indians not taxed but when the right to vote for, at any election for the choice of electors for president and vice president of the united states representatives in congress the executive and judicial officers of a state or the members of the legislature thereof is denied to any of the male inhabitants of such state being 21 years of age and citizens of the united states or in any way abridged except for participation in rebellion or other other crime the basis of representation therein shall be reduced in the proportion which the number of such male citizens shall bear to the whole number of male citizens 21 years of age in such state section three no person shall be a senator or representative in congress or elector of the president and vice president or hold any office civil or military under the united states or under any state with who having previously taken an oath as a member of congress or as an officer of the united states or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the constitution of the united states shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof but congress may by a vote of two-thirds of each house remove such disability section four the validity of the public debt of the united states authorized by law including debts incurred for payment or of pensions and bounties for services in suppressing insurrections or rebellions shall not be questioned but neither the united states nor any state shall assume or pay any debt or obligation incurred in aid of insurrection or rebellion against the united states or claim for the loss of or emancipation of any slave but all such debts obligations and claims shall be held legal and void section five the congress shall have power to enforce by appropriate legislature the provisions of this article amendment 15 section 1 the right of citizens of the united states to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the united states or any state on account of race color or previous condition of servitude section 2 the congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation
Amendment 16. The Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes on incomes for whatever source derived without apportionment among the several states and without regard to any census or enumeration. Amendment 17. The Senate of the United States shall be composed of two senators from each state elected by the people thereof for six years, and each senator shall have one vote. The electors in each state shall have the qualifications requisite for electors of the most numerous branch of the state legislatures. Where, when vacancies happen in the representation of any state in the Senate, the executive authority of such state shall issue writs of, of election to fill such vacancies, provided that the legislator of any state may empower the executive thereof to make temporary appointments until the people fill the vacancies by election as the legislature may direct. This amendment shall not be constructed so as to affect the election or term of any senator chosen before it becomes valid as part of the Constitution. Amendment 18. Section 1. After one year of the, from the ratification of this article, the manufacture, stale, or transportation of intoxicating liquors within the importation thereof into or the export, exportation thereof from the United States and all territory subject to the jurisdiction thereof for beverage purposes is hereby prohibited. Section 2. The Congress and the several states shall have concurrent power to enforce this article by appropriate legislature. Section 3. This article shall be in operative unless... It shall have been ratified as an amendment to the Constitution by legislatures of the several states as provided in the Constitution, where in seven years from the date of submission here of the states by the Congress. Yeah, the 18th, like this one, prohibition, it would, it would be later overturned, like oversimplified. <laughs> has a pretty good video on that. Amendment 19. The right of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied nor abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. Congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. Amendment 20. Section 1. The terms of the president and vice president shall end at noon on the 20th day of January and the terms of the senators and representatives at noon on the 3rd day of January of the years in which such terms would have ended if this article had not been ratified and the terms of their successors shall then begin. Section 2. The Congress shall assemble at least once in every year, and such meetings shall begin on, at noon on the third day of January, unless they shall by law appoint a different day. Section 3. If at the time fixed for the beginning of the term of the president and president-elect shall have died, the vice president-elect shall become president. If president shall not have been chosen before the time fixed for the beginning of his term, 
Or if the president-elect shall have failed to qualify, then the vice president-elect shall act as president until a president shall have qualified and the Congress may by law provide for those cases wherein neither president-elect nor a vice president-elect shall have qualified, declaring who shall then act as president or the manner in which one who is to act shall be selected. And such person shall act according until a president or vice president shall be have qualified. Section 4. The Congress may by law provide for the case of the death of any persons from whom the House of Representatives may choose a president whenever the right choice wherever the right choice shall have devolved upon them. And for the case of the death of any of the persons from whom the Senate may choose a vice president, whenever the right of choice shall have developed upon them, or devolved upon them. Section 5. Sections 1 and 2 shall take effect on the 15th day of October following the ratification of this article. Section 6. Thus, this article shall be inoperative unless it shall have been ratified as an amendment to the Constitution by the legislatures of three-fourths of the several states within seven years from date of its submission. Amendment 21. Section 1. The 18 Articles of Amendments to the Constitution of the United States is hereby repealed. Section 2. Or section two, the transportation or importation into any state, territory, or possession of the United States for delivery or use therein of intoxicating liquors in violation of the laws thereof is hereby prohibited. This article shall be inoperative unless it shall be ratified as an amendment to the Constitution by conventions in several states as provided in the Constitution, wherein seven years from the date of the submission hereof to the states by the Congress. Amendment 22. Section 1. No person shall be elected to the office of president more than twice, and no person who has held the office of president or acted as president for more than two years of a term to which some other person was elected president shall be elected to the office of president more than once. But this article shall not apply to any person holding the office of president when this article was proposed by the Congress and shall not prevent any person who may be holding the office of president or acting as president during the term within which this article becomes operative from holding the office of president or acting as president during the remainder of such term. Section 2. This article shall be inoperative unless it shall have been ratified as an amendment to the Constitution by the legislatures of three-fourths of several states within seven years from the day of its submission to the states by Congress. Amendment 23. Section 1. The district constituting the seat of government of the United States shall appoint in such manner as the Congress may direct. A number of electors of president and vice president equal to the whole number of senators and representatives in Congress to which the district would be entitled if it, if it were a state, but in no event more than 
the least populous state, they shall be in addition to those appointed by the state, but they shall be considered for the purpose of the election of president and vice president to be electors appointed by a state, and they shall meet in the district and perform such duties as provided by the 12th article of the of amendment. Section 2. Congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. Amendment 24. Section 1. The rights the right of citizens of the United States to vote in any primary or election for president or vice president, for electors or for president or vice president, or for senator or representative in Congress shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or any state by reason of failure to pay any poll tax or other tax. Section 2. Congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. Amendment 5. Or 25. Section 1. In case of the removal of the president from office or of his death or resignation, vice president shall become president. Whenever Section 2. Whenever there is a vacancy in office of the vice president, the president shall nominate a vice president who shall take office upon confirmation by a majority vote of both House and Congress. Section 3. Whenever the president transmits to the president pro tempore of the state and the speaker of the House of Representatives his written declaration that he is unable to discharge the powers of, and duties of his office until he, he transmits them a written declaration to the contrary. Such powers and duties shall be discharged by the vice president acting as president. Section 4. Whenever the vice president and a majority of either the principal officers of the executive departments or of such other body as Congress may by law provide, transmit to the president pro tempore of the Senate and the Speaker of the House of Representatives their written declaration that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office, the vice president shall immediately assume the powers and duties of the office as acting president. Thereafter, when the president transmits to the president pro tempore of the Senate and the Speaker of the House of Representatives, his written, his written declaration that no, no inability exists, he shall resume the powers and duties of his office unless the vice president and a majority of either principal officers and the, of the executive branch I mean, executive department, or of such other bodies as the Congress may by law provide, transmit within four days to the president pro tempore of the Senate and the Speaker of the House of Representatives, their written declaration that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office. Thereupon, Congress shall decide the issue assembling within 48 hours for that purpose if not in session. If the Congress within 21 days after the receipt of the letter, written declaration, or if Congress of the latter written declaration, or if Congress is not in session within 21 days after Congress is required to assemble, determ determines by two-third vote of both houses that the president is unable to discharge the powers of 
and duties of office, the vice president shall continue to discharge the same as acting president. Otherwise, the president shall resume the powers and duties of his office. Amendment 26. Section 1. The right of citizens of the United States whose 18 years of age or older to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of age. Section 2. The Congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. God, <clears throat> if you can tell, my voice is wearing out really bad right now. But good thing this is the last amendment. Let's go. Amendment 27. No law varying the compensation for the services of the senators and representatives shall take effect until an election of representatives shall have intervened. Woo! We're finally done. We're finally... Oh, right. I still have to wear read the Declaration of Independence. Right. The Declaration of Independence. Action of this of Second Continental Congress, July 4th, 1776. The Unanimous Declaration of the 13 United States of America. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with one another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they shall declare the causes which impel them to the separation. I'm really bad at dramatic readings. I hate to admit it, but like, I am. I'm still going to do them. Anyways, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. That they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their powers from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government, lay its foundations on such principles and organizing its powers in such form that as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than the right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing it invariably the same object invinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government 
and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of those colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having a direct object of the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. He has refused his assent to laws the most wholesome and necessary for the public good, he has forbidden his government governors to pass laws of immediate pressing importance unless suspended in their operation till his assent should be attained and when so suspended he has utterly neglected to attend to them he has refused to pass laws he has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people unless these people would relinquish the right of representation in legislature, a right in inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with many firm, manly firmless his invasions on the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time after such dissolution to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative powers incapable of annihilation have returned to the people at large for their exercise. The states remaining in the meantime exposed to all dangers of invasion from without and convulsions within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states for the purpose of obstructing the laws of naturalization of foreigners refusing to pass others to encourage their migration hither and raising the conditions of new appropriations of land. He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices, and the amount and payment of their salaries. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. Their substance. He has kept among us in times of peace, standing armies without consent of our legislature. He has effected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. He has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our constitution and acknowledged by our laws, given his assent to their acts of pretend legislation, for quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for protecting them by mock trial. <laughs> it's funny because... I actually got this pocket constitution that I'm reading right now 
from mock trial which I attend it's super fun you should if you like like it's really fun you get to like there's like defense there's prosecution like I was an actor I, I got to be like this like jerk like youtuber who like committed a crime and anyways I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself apologize from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world for imposing taxes on us without our consent for depriving us in many cases of the benefit of trial by jury for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses for abolishing the free system of english laws in neighboring province establishing therein an obituary government and enlarging its boundaries so as to render it at once an example and fit instrument for though for introducing the same absolute rule into the these colonies for taking away our charters abolishing our most valuable laws and altering fundamental forms of our government for suspending our legislatures and declaring themselves invested with the power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever he has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and wagering war against us he has plundered our seas ravaged our coasts burnt our towns and destroyed the lives of our people he is at this time transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death dissolution and tyranny already begun with circumstances of cruelty perfidy scarcely paralleled in the most barbarous ages and totally unworthy the head of a civilized nation he has constrained our fellow citizens taken captive on the high seas to bear arms against their country to become the executioners of their friends and brethren or to fall themselves by their hand he has excited domestic insurrections among us and has endeavored to bring down the inhabitants of our frontiers the merciless indian savages whose known rule of welfare is indistinguishable destruction of all ages sexes and conditions eh, i don't know about that last part with the indian quote-unquote savages thomas because did you know the constitution was actually based on a part of the um iroquois league's constitution which was Indian tribes. So, eh, I, I don't know about you, Thomas. I really don't. Anyways, in every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Nor have we been wanting in attentions to our British brethren. We have warned them for 
from time to time of attempts by their legislators to extend unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our immigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, and we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations, which would inevitably, inevitably, inevitably. Why? Uh, that was so good. Uh, inevitably. God, I hate that word. Inevitably. Interrupt our connections and correspondence. They too have been deaf to the voice of justice and consignation. Again, two words in one sentence. Wow. Consanguinity. I'm not reading that again. We must therefore acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war, peace. In peace, friends. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, in general Congress assembled, appealing to the Supreme Judge of the world for the restitute of, of our intentions due in these name, in the name and by authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these United Colonies are, and of right ought to be, free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that as free and independent states, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Signers of the Unanimous Declaration according to the authenticated list printed by order of Congress on January 18, 1777. Georgia, Boonton Gwinnett, Lyman Hall, George Walton. North Carolina, William Hooper, Joseph Hughes, John Penn. South Carolina, Edward Rootleg, Thomas Hayward Jr., Thomas Lynch Jr., Arthur Middleton, Massachusetts, John Hancock, Samuel Adams, John Adams, Robert Treat Payne, Elbridge Gary, Maryland, Samuel Chase, William Packer, Thomas Stone, Charles Coral of Carlton, Virginia, George Wythe, Richard Henry Lee, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Harrison, Thomas Nelson Jr., Francis Lightfoot Lee, 
Carter Braxton, Pennsylvania, Robert Mar Morris, Benjamin Rush, Benjamin Franklin, John Morton, George Clymer, James Smith, George Taylor, James Williams, George Frost. Delaware, Caesar Rodney, George Reed, Thomas McLean. I mean, honestly, why are there so many Georges? It's bothering me. Um, New York, William Floyd, Philip Livingston, Francis Lewis, Lewis Morris. New Jersey, Richard Stockton, John Witherspoon, Francis Hopkinson, John Hart, Abram Clark, New Hampshire, Josh, Josh Barlett, William Whipple, Matthew Thornton, Rhode Island, Stephen Hopkins, William Ellery, Connecticut, Roger Sherman, Samuel Huntington, William Williams, <laughs> nice name, Oliver Wolcott. Woo, that's all. Okay, so, yeah, that was kind of fun, I guess. Well, or boring, depending on, like, what you guys find fun. But, like, I feel like the Constitution and Declaration are super important documents to learn about because, really, they detail the rights of a government. And I feel like every citizen of the United States should know them. And so, yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day and bye.